So you were talking about this uh, computer museum? Something yeah, there was a thing called the Museum of Computer Culture. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure there are others like it, but this one was based in Austin. And it was like designed to keep track of old tech. And that was sort of the whole idea. Yeah. was just as a historical record of... And I say old tech. I mean, we're talking like Macintosh era. Arguably, computers go back much further than that. Uh, you know, they weren't dealing with any sort of IBM stuff or any punch card stuff. Right. Uh, like personal computers? Like personal computers yeah. seemed to be the, the realm they were dealing with. Yeah. But it was it was cool. Uh, yeah. And there was a showcase, again, at this event that I didn't go to, but I donated a table. My coffee table was uh, <laughs> at the event holding up one of the computers. It's not a computer table. No, it's a coffee table. Okay. He put it on top. You know those, like, plastic foldable tables Legs fold down. Yeah, just like yeah. a banquet table? Yeah, a banquet table, yeah. yeah. It was a bunch of those covered in black tablecloths that had black and white, mostly coffee tables and end tables on top of them to create sort of a leveled effect. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they had computers and things on them. People could play with them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It also reminds me of a show uh, that actually I, I support on Patreon. Uh, I'm a patron of it called Lo-Fi Let's Play. Okay. So you're familiar with the idea of Let's Plays? No. Uh, so it's a YouTube thing. Oh yeah, where people play video games. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a, and that's basically it's playing a video game with commentary, right? Uh, and, and you there's... you watch it like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people love them, and they're they're very very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've watched them, like I've enjoyed them. There's there's some that I really like. Uh, I don't watch them regularly, but uh, some of and there's varying levels. Like uh, Monster Factory is in the Let's Play category, but is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, Monster Factory is really funny. Monster Factory is so good. And I only recently discovered it, and and it's so good. Yeah, it's the best thing. Yeah, Monster Factory is a is a beautiful gem. Yeah, I'm so glad that exists. Um, but that's arguably a let's play yeah uh not as not as straight as some of them get where it's literally just a guy playing minecraft right uh and it's it's honestly like a new art form uh in a certain certain ways like kids freaking love watching minecraft videos almost as much as they play minecraft yeah and it's not a leap for them to be able to start making minecraft videos which is really cool like i love that sort of democratization of art right that's why i think podcasts are cool mm-hmm. it's because anybody can make them even two it's, yokels it's incredibly little work yeah yeah uh, and and for the most part minecraft videos are kind of in that realm as well like especially you, if you like playing minecraft yeah uh, and so minecraft videos are obviously the most common let's play probably uh, just in terms of sheer numbers because it's a super popular game yeah uh, but uh, Lee Alexander, who used to be a games journalist and has now moved into just sort of a more general tech journalism field, mm-hmm. uh, did a series on YouTube for a while called Lo-Fi Let's Play, where she was playing like computer games from the early 80s. Cool. Uh, and and in sort of the opposite way of a lot of Let's Players, she's like very calm and relaxed, <laughs> whereas so many of them like get angry and that's part of the comedy quote unquote of like people yelling at games and things go terribly wrong and okay ah! okay um and she's very like pleasant and soft-spoken um, and just fun. here to have a good time and th- she, they're very fun but they're like they're typically games i've not heard of which is kind of cool mm-hmm. and they're really like before i was born games like the most recent was like 1984, which was before I was born. Yeah, but computer games existed back then. They didn't, you know, like I, my first computer game was Wolfenstein 3D. Like that was the first computer game I ever played. I played that on an original Macintosh at a friend's house. Oh, cool! Yeah. I played it on not a Macintosh. Yeah, because I only bought my first Macintosh within the last year. Maybe not an original Macintosh. Some old, mm. appropriately Macintosh. old computer. Yeah, probably not the original Mac. The, the original. It was yeah. the one. The one. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, first one off the assembly line. <laughs> uh, but they're they're really fun. Uh, and the lo-fi Let's Plays are kind of cool because it's it's very different from a Let's Play experience or from the traditional ones. Right, because it's all old school games. It's super old school, but it's very interesting to sort of see like how computer games looked 30 years ago. Is this something that you watch very actively with a lot of focus or is it the kind of thing where it's more of a background um they vary i think i think with lo-fi that's why i pretty i pretty actively watch it in the same way that i do with something like monster factory Mm -hmm. where you have to pay attention to really enjoy it right um but 
you know, there's, for example, uh, there's a Let's Play, Minecraft Let's Play called, like, To the Far Lands or something like that, which was originally started as a guy's attempt to walk in one direction until he reached <laughs> the edge of the map in... Uh, is there one there was at one point in time oh okay uh, the game has been upgraded and changed there no longer is okay and a true edge of the map um, but the edge of the map was something like 500 times the circumference of the earth or things like that like it oh was oh my gosh but he would he literally just walked in one direction and recorded it and, and recorded watch it the and whole talked thing. it and he had, he had tons of fans i think he's still going like he's still doing it that's um, so cool. It is. It's kind of cool. But that's something that I would watch like passively. Like right. I would turn on his background noise and sort of hear him talking about it. And, yeah. Uh, and it's kind of cool because, I mean, it's very ephemeral because he's like, you know, when something fades out, it's gone forever. Like if he passes a cool mountain, like, hey, that's a cool mountain. And now it's gone forever. You can't like turn around. And... You can turn around, but he'll like turn around and like watch it pop out of existence at the edge of the draw distance. Uh-huh. And it's like, and now it's gone. Never going back. Never going to go that direction again. Yeah. And there's something kind of coolly ephemeral about that. Yeah. It's like that we're we're passing the stuff, we're seeing it once, and then never again. That is really interesting. Yeah. Um, is this different from? Is this let's play thing? Is it a different thing from like? live streaming that is like that like twitch is really popular not necessarily for? no i mean so so uh i would say that a lot of let's plays are more curated than a live stream is going to be uh-huh. at least the ones i enjoy are um which are which to say they're very deliberate oftentimes there's more editing although not necessarily you know taking three hours of gameplay and making it into 20 minutes of enjoyable footage yeah uh, as opposed to live streaming which is live now, a lot of live streaming, or a big part of the live streaming success is due to things like esports. Because you can watch the competitions. You can watch the competitions. Yeah. Uh, you can just watch your favorite players and watch them play and do things regularly. But you could theoretically, you know, live stream anything. Like, I've, I've looked into setting up live streams for some of the games I play just to see if somebody's watching. Right. Uh, it's like, does anybody want to watch me play uh, Endless Legend, which I just bought recently, which is yeah. a, a 4X game. Everyone was very excited about Civilization VI coming out. Yeah, they are. Uh, and I've never played a Civilization game. Like, I own Civ two or three that I got for free or for, like, a dollar on sale somewhere. <laughs> and I had installed it, uh, but I'm like, this is really complex. And uh, a couple of years ago, one of my favorite gaming websites, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, mm-hmm. gave uh, Endless Legend their Game of the Year award. Okay. Uh, and they're like, it's it's civilization five but better like it fixes a lot of things does things new and interesting and and weirder than civilization (laughs) um and each faction has like unique storylines and well-written stuff and i'm like so six was coming out and everyone's like ah i'm like right endless legend was on sale for like 40 percent off just buy that one instead i'm gonna buy that and i installed it and uh i went through the tutorial first and last night i played for an hour in about 10 minutes yeah yeah, uh, which is that I, I was like, um, you know, we go to bed. Let me let me jump back in and see if I get the feel of it. <laughs> and then I looked up and an hour had gone by. And yeah, it was it like fe- 11 o'clock. It felt like five minutes, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, which, is a, which is a very civilization problem to have. Like I've heard people talking about that. It's like, you said, just one more turn. One Because mm-hmm. it's a turn-based strategy game. Uh-huh. Just one more turn. And then the sun comes up. Yeah. <laughs> I never got into the Civ games, but... Back in the day when I was a PC user, mm-hmm. I played a lot of Age of Empires, which is real-time strategy. Yeah. My dad is very big into RTSs. Um, I played Age of Empires 1, mostly 2, and then when 3 came out, I got it and like didn't like it, so I just kept playing 2 for sure. a while. But I that was like one, my first big video game. Yeah. Like hundreds of hours kind of oh thing. yeah just my dad i think still has a command and conquer installed like probably not the original one but one of them yeah. like he he still plays occasionally yeah and then same thing like you're like oh i'll just sit down play a little age of empires and then your afternoon is gone yeah it just disappeared and it's dark and uh, oh, but I'm, no. I'm really enjoying it so that's good yeah it's, it's, a, it's a fun game uh I, i'm still very much learning everything uh-huh uh, like i went and looked up some strategy guides while i was at work today Sorry, my boss. I don't care. <laughs> Not that you listen to this. But uh, I was like, oh, I didn't know that this was a thing or that you could do this. Or, right. Like, I've, I've built one army 
mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like researching tech trees, right? And like I'm twenty turns in, <laughs> and these games go for hundreds of turns. Right. So like I'm I'm very very dip my toe in the water experience, yeah. but sucked an hour away with no problems. That was nice. <laughs> um, a couple of years ago, I remember getting really into this YouTube series. If I can find it again, I'll put it in the show notes. But mm-hmm. it was someone playing um, Half-Life 1 for the first time. Oh. And it was uh, well after Half-Life 1 yeah. came out. Like yeah. Half-Life, Half-Life 1 at this point is a really old game. Mm-hmm. I was watching this maybe like three or four years ago. Um, but it was just that. Like, like you were talking about, just a really simple. Like this person records their screen and their voice and you and they play the game watch them play half-life yeah. one and i'd never played mm-hmm. and for some reason it's just the most fascinating thing well half-life one is an amazing game right like it, <laughs> it, it, it helps when it's an incredible game like that yeah. but just like watching them and like there's the suspense of it and like oh, yeah there's something super compelling about watching other ple- other people play video games yeah it's weird yeah uh there's there's one i've started watching i haven't dived really deep into it um, are you familiar with the Dark Souls games? No. They're they're very famous for being very difficult. Okay. Uh, the difficulty curve is a straight line up. <laughs> uh, it's sort of the, the joke. Like the, the tagline for Dark Souls games is you died. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of game is it? Um, I, it's, a, it's a third person action adventure game okay. is how I would describe it. So you're a person, you have weapons, and you're trying to defeat monsters. Okay. I mean, it's very, apparently very strategic and very tactical. I've never played one myself. Uh, but they're very, very difficult. Uh, and there's a video series, and I discovered this because there's a book called You Died, which is about the first Dark Souls game, <laughs> uh, which I want to read eventually. It sounds really interesting. But I read a chapter of it, which was about uh, this woman who was basically dared into starting a Let's Play series. Mm-hmm. of dark souls who had never played video games like video games were not her thing oh wow um and he's like it'd be really funny if you played on this because it's like a hard game and you'd be terrible at it and that's funny and i'm like that's a terrible thing to say to your girlfriend uh but yeah. she starts playing it like and and accidentally picks the hardest character to play as <laughs> um and like is like the first video is her figuring out the controls like how to walk around the room right how to move like how to what the different buttons do right um and she apparently goes on to beat the game no way yeah turns out uh well and it's and it's just from learning and it's just you know being responsive to the game and playing it and being like oh okay like let me try this and trying different things and just not giving up and like becoming good at it right that must have that person must be incredibly patient yeah uh but i've watched the first three or four videos and they're a lot of fun and they're because it's 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 the experience that I would have almost playing Dark Souls, which is right. like I would not be good at that. Uh, right. those, those are not my strong point in games. Like I dial difficulties down because I want to have fun. Right. Uh, and so like watching her play it is almost the experience of like me going through it and being like, oh, what's like, how does this work? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's just really neat. Yeah. Um, you really put yourself in the in in their place like they're very mm-hmm. much a surrogate for you oh yeah. yeah um i also really enjoy playing video games on easy mode yeah i really like uh playing first person shooter games mm-hmm. uh it's a fun kind yeah. of what game do you like me. i really liked goldeneye sure right that was a game uh the halo games were fun yeah. i never got into doing online multiplayer stuff okay because other people get really good yeah they do and it gets really hard to have fun yeah because a lot of the time you just die Mm -hmm. so uh last year sometime i was looking for a fun good first person shooter game to play sure but i don't have a video game system yeah those the class of fps that's available for ios does not no meet meet my needs no um oh bioshock's on ios uh yeah Bioshock's a good game. I played the first Bioshock. Yeah. Um, so I was looking for first-person shooters to play on my Mac. Mm-hmm. And so I looked. I downloaded Counter-Strike Go. Sure. CSGO. Because yeah, CS it was Go. like five bucks on Steam. Yeah, is there a is there a single-player campaign in that? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I remember like, you know, there's a tutorial, like a little tutorial level. Yeah. And there's a an offline mode where you play against bots. Okay. 
Uh, and so I, like, I checked out a little bit, yeah. and then I went in to figure out the whole online experience. <laughs> and CSGO is a game that's been out for a little while. Yeah. And I don't think it attracts many new casual players. No. It's it's an eSport. It attracts people who want to play competitively. Mm-hmm. Who are like, I'm a professional gamer and I would like to look or into an aspired a, professional or gamer. Look yeah. and get into a new game. Yeah. And I'm gonna play this very competitively at a very high level. Yeah. Uh and so I was just joining random <laughs> oh, servers and getting like one kill every other game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of just floundering my way through and not doing well at all. Yeah. And also the people who play on just gen on public mm-hmm. CSGO servers are using horrible language yeah they're some of the worst people on very the planet. very harassing and all yeah. kinds of things i won't say on this podcast yeah so it was not fun and then i learned and had this realization i was like i can play the offline mode forever with bots yeah and it's kind of fun mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot less interesting than playing against real humans sure uh but you know, I play with like medium bots, hard bots, and then there's expert bots, mm-hmm. and it's still fairly easy when I play with expert bots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of fun, and so and I don't play regularly, but every once yeah. in a while, when I'm looking to like release some stress, yeah, I'll go spend an hour or two and play against some expert bots in CS:GO and just shoot them. And there's, <laughs> like, there's there's no like objective, there's no. no like achievement to be had, there's no leveling up. I'm not you're just shooting some bots getting any cool items i'm just yeah. logging in and shooting some hard bots and it's fun well so uh i did so i have, i have a mac very similar to yours uh, and i did uh boot camp mine so i do have a mac or a pc partition on on it mm-hmm. um, which i've been using to play a lot of fallout 4 uh which very much scratches that solo first person shooter itch for me uh-huh. uh because hey i love the fallout universe i just think it's cool yeah I- uh, and and fallout 4 is not it's the prettiest Fallout game, but I don't I think I would call it the best Fallout game. Okay. <laughs> um, and, I, and I mean that just because I think, like, I'm a story person. And I think, not like the story quest of it, but like the world of Fallout 4 is mm-hmm. is dumb and wrong. Okay. I'm uh, very unfamiliar with Fallout. so I'm Okay, not... well, so the premise of Fallout is, is, is a fantastic one. Like, I love this idea. Which is, um, so you remember the future that was promised to us in the 1950s? Flying cars. Flying cars. The Jetsons. the Jetsons. I mean, that sort of stuff. Minus minus the flying, but like robot servants and everything being run by nuclear power mm-hmm. and like laser guns and yeah. all that sort of like laser 1950s guns. thing. So that future was in the process of becoming reality mm-hmm. along with like the idealized 1950s, you know, family structures and very all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then nuclear war broke out. Mm. And so it takes place in an alternate future, uh, if that makes sense. Like a future that we won't get yes. to at this point anymore? Yeah. yeah. I know we might still have a nuclear apocalypse, but... Uh, it would be a different one. But, you know, the science is all messed up. And, and so it takes place, depending on the game, between 50 and a few hundred years after the fallout. Okay. And you are a lone wanderer uh, in the universe. Typically, um, so one of the big parts of the Fallout universe were what were called the vaults, uh, which were put together by Vault Tech, which was a company that made Fallout shelters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you would you could sign up for one, and you know if anything terrible happened, you'd go to your assigned vault where you would live until it was safe to come out again. Okay. Um, that's a very key part of the vault or of the Fallout universe. Almost, I think every major Fallout game takes place like at least starts in a vault or starts around a vault. Okay. Um, Fallout Three, you are born in a vault. Um, sometime after the bombs have fallen, like your your entire world is the vault hmm. uh, until you leave for reasons and go explore the world. The vaults, however, were not actually meant to be shelter what they were meant to be was social experiments perpetrated by (laughs) vault tech Uh, and so each vault has a unique thing about it that is sort of unique to that vault yeah 
um, and it's got some sort of experimental nature. And these are not like real scientific experiments. These are like 1950s mad scientist experiments. Right. Uh, so the the joke is, and this is actually canon. Um, so like there was one vault that was 50 men and one woman. Uh, there was another vault that was the reverse of that, 50 women and one man. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there was a vault where one ruler was given absolute control over everybody. There was one vault where they weren't given enough supplies to survive. Uh, there was a vault that was a guy and a tiger. Ah. Uh, and there's a comic about this that's actually very funny. Uh, which was a vault, which was a guy and a box of puppets. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was the entire vault. Uh, and and so you're a character you're in most of the game or many of the games. Your character is a vault dweller mm-hmm. who comes out of a vault, um, having never been into the outside world before, which gives you a very good sort of protagonist perspective of being able to learn and explore and sort of feel in character because none of this was like that before. Right. Uh, Fallout mm-hmm. Four though actually is interesting because it takes place in Boston. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I thought you hey. like that. Uh, and so there's it's and it's not like a real Boston. But it's it's a, nuclear war Boston. It's a nuclear war Boston with, I'm sure, a very inaccurate geography. <laughs> uh, but it, but lots of Boston landmarks and things. Sure. Uh, that was a very big deal. It's called the Commonwealth. It was how it's been renamed. Nice. Um, and there's a, there's a baseball stadium in in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a famous one, probably <clears throat> Fenway Park. That's the one. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's become a, a community, and so it's now called Diamond City. <laughs> uh, and you can you're on the diamond. Things like that, but it's huh. but it's it's an RPG actually. Like first and foremost, it's a role playing game. Okay. So you have a character, and you have skills, and you get better at things. And mm-hmm. like the character I'm playing is is very sneaky, so uh, I'm really good at breaking into safes, hacking terminals, and not being seen by people. <laughs> uh, I'm also pretty good at hitting, shooting people from very far away. Nice. Um, I have a gun that I built in game called Simple Simon because I thought that was a cool name. <laughs> uh, and it's got a good scope, and I shoot people from very far away, so I don't have to fight them up close. That is really fun. And if I do have to fight them up close, I'm really good at sneaking, so they won't see me coming. <laughs> and so, but so like I'll like Saturday, I played that for four hours. Uh, and you are you playing this on a Mac? Yeah, but it's it's boot camped, so it's I'm oh, playing it in yeah, Windows because yeah. they don't uh, Bethesda doesn't make Mac versions of their games. That's just a thing. They're like no. Yeah. Although if you do want um, a fun Mac compatible. Uh, first-person shooter i strongly recommend the borderlands series okay uh, because they are mindless fun yeah yeah cool uh there's three of them in the main in the series there's borderlands there's borderlands 2 and there's borderlands the pre-sequel which takes place between borderlands 1 and 2 is that like lion king 1.5 a little bit a little bit (laughs) um and they're they're very mindless and very fun and you can get the whole pack on sale for like 15 bucks at some points yeah that's uh that the, so there's two kinds of video games I like at this point. Mm-hmm. I like video games that are mindless fun, yeah. where I can just go and like, you know, not have any larger story, not have yeah. any larger achievements or objectives, and just shoot people for a little mm-hmm. while and then be done. Yeah. Uh, and then I also really enjoy the newer trend of shorter, very story based indie yeah. games. Yeah, those are a lot of fun too. Um, I recently played. Uh, Firewatch. That's on my list. I really need to play it. So <clears throat> my Firewatch ex- experience was amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was a little, I probably shouldn't have rushed it so much. Okay. But uh, in August, I f- went to Maine because mm-hmm. uh, my brother got married. Mm-hmm. So my sister lives there in the woods. Yeah. In the middle of rural Maine. Sounds like a cool place to play Firewatch. Except I played Firewatch the morning before I flew there. <laughs> So like I had gotten ready the night before and I was like, you know what? I got nothing to do. Yeah. My flight was at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, it's been on my list to play Firewatch for a little while. Yeah. Got time to kill. Let me play some Firewatch. So I started it and I finished it 30 seconds before my ride showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like watching the clock as I was getting close to finishing the game and like rushing and rushing and rushing. Oh, and I, felt, I felt really bad that I rushed it. Uh, but it led to this like really frantic kind of experience, super engrossed, really energetic experience of playing mm-hmm. the game. So everything was, felt super intense to me. Yeah. So this experience of like being in the middle of the woods and this mystery and this suspense and mm-hmm. all these weird things going on. Uh, in the middle of some weird forest with fires and towers and camping and stuff. Yeah. 
and then I immediately flew to Maine and spent <laughs> a week in the middle of the woods. That's with, pretty cool. And I was all, you know, nervous and yeah. expecting mystery and, and weirdness and to be happening. Things. Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some really good games in that in that very short space. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that I really like that took me 30 minutes to play. <laughs> wow, um, which was intentional. Like that was that was the structure. I think it was called uh, 30 Flights of Loving. It may be taking like 15 minutes. It was a super quick <laughs> game, um, but it's it's very it was it was like playing a heist movie, mm-hmm. but the kind of heist movie where the audience doesn't fully know what's going on. Like, you only see bits and pieces of things. Right. Um, and so there are these, like, when you play the game, the, the graphics are very intentionally very, like, bloxy and voxely mm-hmm. um, and very low, not low res, but low poly. Right. And, like, you're playing and you're, you do a thing and then you run forward and another scene has started and you're in the middle of a different scene that's happening. Um, and you explore that and look at things. I mean, it's very in like a walking simulator. Like there's no like shooting or action. Right. Which is fine. Very rudimentary. Yeah. Um, but it was a great experience because it was 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. And then it was over, but I was like impactful emotionally, which is really cool. Right. Yeah. I like, I like the trend of video games being more diverse than needing yeah to cost sixty dollars and give you hours and hours and hours of gameplay you need to play if you haven't yet Mm -hmm. her story i haven't played it yet you need to play it i need to go back to it yeah um i played it the the only time i played it i played it basically in a continuous setting really yeah um her story is really fascinating because it is and i i it's weird because i don't think i would have called it this it's someone told me about it because it's a video game. Is that like the investigative one where it's played by searching for stuff? So it's an augmented reality game uh-huh. in the sense that you are sitting at a computer with a search terminal that is searching through uh, transcribed clips of this, the interrogation of this woman. Mm-hmm. And you can search for words that she says. Mm-hmm. But when you search, it only shows you the first five results chronologically and each clip is 30 seconds long at most okay and so you type in a word and it gives you up to five clips where she says that word Uh uh-huh and you can watch them and then you can type in a different word and it gives you up to five clips and you can watch them and it gives you you can like get timestamps and see when they were taken Mm -hmm. um and it turns out there were actually multiple interrogations happening on different days Hmm. Um, and you sort of you uncover the story, and that's it. That's the game. Yeah, and like just... I could never, I could never go back to her story again and say effectively that I finished it because I experienced a significant portion of the story or experienced what. So the the point of the story is that the story isn't a hundred percent clear, and you never fully know what's what's going on. Okay, um, and there's a counter that tells you how many of the clips you've seen. And I've seen about 50% of them. And so, like, if I really wanted to, I could, you know, look up a guide of, like, search terms and see all of the clips in a particular order if I really wanted to. Right. But it's a very organic experience to just experience. And there's not, like, a point when the game's over. You just say, okay, I think I get it now and I feel done. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. It sounds like the kind of game where you would take notes while you're playing i did yeah <laughs> i don't know if i've ever played a video game where i've taken notes during i've gameplay. played two the <laughs> other one was mist oh i never played mist it's a terrible game don't waste your time really everyone says mist is like iconic it's iconic that doesn't make it a good game the puzzles are intentionally obtuse uh it's it's pretty mm-hmm. but it's not well made um the puzzles are are not difficult to figure out they are impossible wait some of them are literally impossible well you can do it but you're never going to make the appropriate leaps of logic to make that happen oh that's stupid yeah Hmm. that's my opinion like it's it's not a game that is aged well okay interesting you don't need to play it okay i won't what's the other 
famous indie game that made a lot of people mad. Gone Home? Yes. Gone Home. Gone Home was great. Gone Home was really fun. Yeah. It took me like two hours or yeah, so. Two or three hours, yeah. Uh, but like such a cool story. Yeah, just I loved it. Wander, it was great. Just wander around this house and learn stuff. I was terrified the whole time. Like I was I was frightened. Mm-hmm. Like not like like I was tense, like what like what's going on, what's happening. Yeah. Like what is what is everything? Because it presents itself as maybe like a horror game. Maybe, yeah. Because it's a it's night and it's dark and, and there's it's raining. It's raining. There's thun- yeah. There's thunderstorms. You're finding all these clues. It seems like something terrible has happened, yeah. and you're waiting for you're waiting to like find a body or oh no, there's a murderer behind. You yeah. know what I mean? Something like that. But it just turns into this really sweet, sad mm-hmm. story that you uncover. Yeah. And, over yeah over just a couple hours and yeah it's like watching a movie yeah it's playing a movie right yeah but i, I love that kind of entertainment oh, experience absolutely. yeah where it's let me just sit down a couple hours here and enjoy some really cool stories some really cool mm-hmm. experience and then you're done and it's not something yeah. you've returned to for hundreds of hours no. like like fallout like i've got 80 hours plus in fallout 4 yeah um i've got over 150 in skyrim which is a similar sort of like you can like the people who've who've got thousands of hours in skyrim like the game came out in 2011 and there are people still playing it to this day it's amazing it is it's great um i feel bad about some of the designers who like make this thing that 90 percent of the people who ever play it will never see 10 like 90 percent of because it's just some gigantic map it's right? huge well it's huge it's dense also oh really yeah like there's stuff particularly skyrim there's just stuff everywhere <laughs> uh but yeah so yeah i've been playing a lot of fallout 4 that's my my brain killer mm-hmm. uh and i said that having previously played that i just finished the sky or the uh the borderlands series mm-hmm uh, I played Borderlands 2 for the second time, and I played the pre-sequel one and a half times. Wow. And those do have a story, uh, but it's it's not like... Like, uh, the the guns are the main point of everything. <laughs> like, when Fall, when Borderlands first, first came out, their tagline was billions of guns. Oh, my gosh. Because they, they, they use a procedural generation gun algorithm. So, like, every gun you pick up is unique technically mostly yeah i mean there there are a lot of a lot of them that are very much like each other yeah um and there's like categories like shotgun sniper rifle pistol semi-auto whatever Mm -hmm. um but there's also different variables that can affect them and it's fun yeah what about uh what about like casual games do you spend a lot of time playing like games on your phone uh i do so uh there's a couple i play consistently so i play you must build a boat i've beaten that about a dozen times Mm -hmm. uh which is a match three game i've heard of it uh it's it's fun you match three but you're you're building a boat so there's progression so you as you get better or buy improvements to make your character stronger mm-hmm. and you're you're running through a dungeon and you have to kill monsters and stuff yeah by matching gems yeah uh i um, i've been sucked into adventure capitalist oh my gosh is that the game where you make like absurdly large amounts of money yes like it's it's one of a fake I mean, number level they're amounts real of numbers money. but not really they're numbers um, that until that game existed only mathematicians knew about so let me tell you how much money i have in um one of the three planets i'm running currently an adventure capitalist <laughs> i have uh 163 sept agentillion dollars um and this this is uh one in a very long genre of games called iterative games uh-huh uh, like, did you ever play Cookie Clicker? That's a very popular one. No, I didn't play it. Um, so all of these games have the same mechanism with variations. And the mechanism mm-hmm. is you push a button and you get some money or you mm-hmm. get some cookies or you get something. Right. Um, and you can use the money that you then earn to buy upgrades and buy auto clickers. And so so when you click, it's now you get you have two buttons. And so you click it and it counts twice as much. Right. Um, and then you can get additional upgrades and you can buy more and more things. And the, the whole point is to make really big numbers over time. Right. Uh, and Adventure Capitalist is is one of the better known ones and is very fun. And it is it is dumb. Truly, yeah. 
it's it's dumb, but it's a feedback loop. And so it's like, I can make these numbers get bigger by making these numbers get bigger and using the money I've made to make more money. Like it's, it's super dumb. Um, it's also, it shows how incredibly broken human brains are. Absolutely. That, that is somehow attractive. Yeah. Like it just grabs some hook in the human brain where it's like, yes, bigger, please. Make that number bigger. Yeah. <laughs> like and and the game plays itself most of the time. Like I you can to, just let it run. I yeah. have to tell it to buy things. I say okay, buy this, buy this, buy this. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the game is running right now. Yeah, in my pocket, making the numbers get bigger. Now, but you're not getting the multipliers unless you buy more of the things. And you have to go in every couple hours and buy more stuff so that with the money you've earned, right, to make the number go up faster. Now, do, what's what's the name of it? Adventure Capitalist. Adventure Capitalist. Does that let you spend real U.S. dollars? It does, and I have not. Okay. Um, and so when you, if you spend real U.S. dollars, you get basically additional multipliers. You can spend money to buy gold that makes your your other your dollars get bigger faster. Right. Like, that's, that's what it's about. Right. Um, now, games that... There's three kinds of games that let you spend mm-hmm. real u.s dollars yeah that are like casual games yeah there's games like that where you can spend real u.s dollars to do something incredibly dumb mm-hmm. and it's almost like honest in how yeah uh Trans- it's transparent right it's very transparent in how uh manipulative it is yeah well the whole game is making fun is about making money and like making fun of that so right yeah, very um, obviously and then there's games like uh the popular trend on the app store where the icon is a man with a beard shouting with his mouth open yes yes which is that's a whole genre of games most of the most popular games ah Ah, which and i've never played one and i never will i have but they're games that seem to be designed to let you have fun and actually like do something and play a game Mm -hmm. more than just make numbers (laughs) bigger you know what i mean like there's actually more complex gameplay than just make numbers bigger but it's still the same psychological manipulation to get you to spend real well so the thing is those games are unique uh, because most of those have a timer mechanism right and so like i need to build a new castle for my castle clan Right. Which is probably the name of one of these. Castle Clans. Yeah. Um, and so my first castle takes 10 seconds to build. Mm-hmm. My second castle takes a minute to build. Mm-hmm. My third castle takes an hour to build. My fourth castle takes a week to build. But if you spend some money, they can have You can instantly. finish it now. Right. And so to get bigger, better, stronger, you the game basically comes to a standstill or you invest time. Right. And so there, there are tons of timer mechanic games. Uh, the Simpsons Tapped Out is the exact same, uh, which I played for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and very much hits that same loop of like, you check in it every now and then, you tap on the things that, need to get, that give you more money, uh, and then you can wait to build more things. Right. Um, I, I played, I forget the name of it, but I played this iOS first-person shooter because mm-hmm. I was looking for interesting sure. FPSs. And it wasn't a bad game. It was fine. Graphics were, were decent. Some, yeah. of the, some of the levels were fun. But uh, when you start a level, it uses two gems yes. to play the level. And you have 20 gems. And then when you're out of gems, you wait. You wait right? Like there's that more. timer. And then you can pay money to buy more gems. Mm-hmm. And you can use those gems to, to, play more. to keep playing and the game. Or to buy if, you play, if you play really well, you can potentially earn gems within the game, I'm sure. But never enough. Never enough. Um, and that that's kind of the one I hate the most. Yeah. Like that timer mechanism. Like you don't get to have fun until you give us real dollars. Yes. Um. I will over-enthusiastically spend money in a game if mm-hmm. it's this type. Uh, my favorite example is Monument Valley. Did you ever yeah. play that? Yeah, I played Monument Valley. Monument Valley is a free game. Is it? You play, or or maybe it wasn't. I feel like I paid for Monument Valley. It might have been, it might, <clears throat> I didn't pay because we got a discount. <laughs> yeah. 
But wasn't going to say that, but yes. <laughs> okay, yes. So you, you pay a couple bucks, but there are games. There are games similar to this where it's a free game, mm-hmm. and you play the game, and it's the game. Yeah. And spending American dollars doesn't give you any different experience of the game. Mm-hmm. And then you can pay money to play more yes. of the game. Yes. Additional right? levels and things like that. Yeah. So spend three dollars, and here's our new level pack. Mm-hmm. And that makes so much sense to me. And I will gladly spend money on something like that yeah. because. You're making a game. You're allowing me to experience it. You're not manipulating mm-hmm. me to spend money on nonsense. Yeah. And if I decide that was a valuable experience, I can give you more money and you can give me more game. Yeah. Well, the classic the, the classic analogy that I always really like, and I use when I'm explaining people like how free-to-play games work, mm-hmm. is there's, there's two types of places you can go and ride roller coasters. There are theme parks and there are state fairs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a theme park like Six Flags or Disney World, you pay a ticket price up front. Mm-hmm. You pay $100, let's say. And you can go there and as long as you're at the park, you can do whatever you want. You can ride all the rides. Right. There's no limit. You get on a ride, you get done, you can get back in line, you can ride it again. Mm-hmm. At the state fair, you buy tickets. You go up to a booth and you buy tickets or coupons and you want to go ride the roller coaster. That's Mm -hmm. six coupons. Right. You want to go ride the Gravitron. They spin you around a lot. That's four coupons. And you're only paying for the stuff you use, but you're always paying. For each individual thing. For each individual experience. And so you're paying for each individual thing, which to some people is like, hey, that's a great deal. If I don't Mm want to... You know, if I don't want to do half of these rides, I'm not spending money to yeah. make those available to me. Absolutely. I'm only paying for what I want. Mm-hmm. But also the ab- the one level abstraction from mm-hmm. actual real life currency to fake in universe mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. in situation currency. Makes you less aware of what money you're spending. Right. Which is exactly what these games do. Right. Because it's not pay a dollar and, and, and you know, play again. It's pay three gems. Well, what is three gems? Well, you can buy 100 gems for $6. And then you have no idea what three gems is worth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's maddening. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's literally the same thing. Yeah. And so I, like, if I see a good review for a game or I see a game and it looks interesting and it's $5. Oh, no. Outrageous. Right. I will pay the $5 and experience that game in its whole complete state. Right. Rather than jump into a lot of these, again, adventure capitalist is free to play, and I'm I'm totally hooked on that, but also spending <laughs> zero money. Right. Um, these games that that are like, well, just give us a buck, give us give us two dollars. Right. If you want a deal, give us five dollars, and we'll give you a bonus. Right. And those games uh, attract way more users because they're free mm-hmm. um, than a five dollar or yeah. even a one dollar game would, um, and they don't make money. They don't make a profit on people who spend a dollar every now and then. No. They make money because there are people, mm-hmm. a small amount of people who spend like hundreds of yeah. dollars a year on those games. Yeah, Vegas has a term for those people. Whales. They're called whales. Yeah. The people playing the nickel slots in Vegas are not making Vegas any money. And it's and it's like 1% of the users. Yeah. But the people working the $100 a hand blackjack tables. Right. Are making money for the rest of and that just else. seems so shitty to me. It's it's pretty shitty. Like I don't, I don't understand. And some of the games can be fun. Yeah, like you can have fun games, in, but they're just so hampered by the mechanism. Mm-hmm. And the mechanism is designed because it attracts whales, and whales make them tons of money. Yeah, I don't. I can't imagine being someone who works for one of those companies and thinks they're yeah doing something. I tell valuable. you the secret. Sure. I spent 20 bucks on one of those games once. Which one? Uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest. Okay. Uh, so Marvel Puzzle Quest is a Max 3 game. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for Max 3 games, uh-huh. just in general. Like, bejeweled, all of them. Yeah. Uh, and in it, you build up a stable of Marvel superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get them stronger by fighting more, and there's quests and things like that. And you, you use their superpowers by matching three of the right color, and then you get to use... Iron Man's power or Captain America's powers. Uh, and 
I, I literally downloaded the game because Squirrel Girl was a playable character you could earn. <laughs> and I love me Squirrel Girl. I love me some Squirrel Girl. You do love you some Squirrel Girl. I do. I just bought the Squirrel Girl original graphic novel. It's on its way to me from Amazon right now. It's called Squirrel Girl Beats Up the Marvel Universe. <laughs> uh, because, side note, Squirrel Girl might be the most powerful character in the Marvel Universe. That's not a joke. What that are, might be true. What are her powers? She has all the powers of a girl and also all the powers of a squirrel. Okay, so it seems like she might be missing some um, powers. She's defeated Galactus. She's defe- single-handedly defeated Galactus. She defeated Doctor Doom. Okay. Those are uh, fairly powerful characters. Yeah. She beats up the entire Marvel Universe. What are the powers the of a squirrel that are letting her do this? Uh, she's really strong. She's got the proportional strength of a squirrel. Okay, uh, she's so got like, a really big bushy tail. So she like, can talk to squirrels. Can she command them at will? Well, no, she would. She doesn't like mind control them. She can talk to them and like maybe convince them to do something. Okay. I mean, I can see having like a horde of squirrels at your command to be effective, but it's not at her command. It's you I mean, know, she I, can ask them to do things, and they often help her out because they're friends. Uh, her sidekick is named Tippy Toe, who is just a squirrel. Okay. Uh, and she has she has gotten Tippy Toe and a bunch of other squirrels to help out. Can she like balance on wires and stuff? Uh, probably, yeah. That's it doesn't great. come up a lot, but probably that's got to be pretty valuable. Yeah. I mean, when I'm thinking about like squirrel powers, that's yeah, kind of the only one coming to mind. Uh, she's also in college uh, to learn uh, computer science, so she's getting pretty good at coding. Okay, so she's really like changing the world with her her coding powers right no it's mostly being a squirrel (laughs) and like this is so i know this all sounds super silly you should read the comics uh at some point but Mm -hmm. i mean it's supposed to sound silly it's supposed to sound silly but it's also not because squirrel girl is amazing in the sense that she doesn't as her 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 catchphrase is i'm here to kick nut or eat nuts and kick butts (laughs) eat nuts and kick butts which is the best catchphrase ever but the key thing is, she will always seek out a nonviolent resolution if one exists. Uh, she believes in understanding the motivations of the people she's fighting. And that allows her to defeat people that are much more powerful than her. Her superpower really is empathy. There you go. Uh, so, for example, there's a, there's a guy who's a, who's a hippo. Uh, I feel like he has a name, but the hippo is adequate. <laughs> and he's an anthropomorphized hippo. He had scientists experiment on him and things like that. And he got really mad at being that in his existence. And so he started robbing banks by like destroying them. And because he's a hippo and he's really strong. Um, and Squirrel Girl was protecting the bank due to stuff in a previous comic. Mm-hmm. She burst through the wall in a suit full of squirrels, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> So she's protecting the bank, and this hippo comes. And he's like, "I'm going to destroy this bank," and she's like, "No, don't, don't do that." And he's like, "I have no other choice. Like, I can't get a job. Uh, I live a miserable existence. I'm going to rob me some banks." <laughs> and she's like, "Well, hey, here's here's uh, here's you know, my mom's friend runs a demolition company. Maybe you get a job there and like destroy things for money." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, really? That's cool." And then he does, and then that's a peaceful resolution. Hmm. Uh, and she defeated Galactus as well. Through understanding him and having empathy? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. It sounds like the real superpower was the friends we made along the way. It it honestly, (laughs) honestly, her friends are the best part of the comic. (laughs) So her uh, her roommate is Nancy, uh, who has no superpowers, but does have a cat named Mew, who's pretty darn cute. Is the cat powerful? Because Mew is a very powerful animal. No, Mew Mew is not powerful. Mew is a cat. Oh. Just a cat. Okay. Um, and over the course of the comics, uh, she makes friends with uh, Chipmunk Hunk and Koi Boy. Is he a fish? He can talk to fish. Talk to fish. Okay. Just like Chipmunk Hunk can talk to chipmunks. The the audience can't see how much I'm cringing. <laughs> you laugh, but these are honestly some of the best comics, like superhero comics, I have read in years. I believe it. And so there was a Squirrel Girl character you could earn in... Uh, Marvel Oh Heroes. right, games Yeah, The Marvel Match 3 Heroes game that I knew the name of like 10 minutes ago Go back in time and listen to it listeners. <laughs> Whatever I said, Puzzle Quest, Marvel Puzzle Quest um, And so you earn Heroes 
but this is this is the rub you earn heroes faster than you unlock slots to hold your heroes oh so you might have earned six heroes but you've only got three slots right and you can earn more slots over time but the time you do that you're going to lose some of these heroes you've earned yeah and they gave me a an ad that was like hey 20 bucks gets you 50 slots dang and i was like have you ever paid $20 for an iOS game? No. I've paid $10 for an iOS game. I don't even... I can't even think of one that might cost $20. There's probably some. Yeah. But, um, I've, I've definitely paid 10 bucks for an iOS game. Yeah. Uh, I bought uh, XCOM mm-hmm. on iOS, and that game was designed for iOS. It came out on other devices, but it was, like, perfect for the iPad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll happily spend uh, spend dollars for a game or, or any app. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll gladly spend money for something if I know it's good. Um, so your sounds like your iOS game genre of choice is match three games. Uh, for yeah, probably. Uh, uh, I do have a Sudoku app, and I do some pick cross as well. Okay. Uh, mine is Endless Runners. You must build a boat. Is an Endless Runner plus match three. Okay, I'll check it out. I've yeah. heard it's good, but I never yeah. tried it. Um, so like Cannibalt? Can, yeah, Cannibalt was one of the early ones. I played Cannibalt on the web. Yeah, before I played it. Like before the iPhone iOS, came out. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is, but the way that match threes hit your brain yeah. and, the, and the way that the spend money for gold so you can... Yeah. <laughs> so you can beat our time mechanism like it hits other people's brains yeah. like endless runners just hit my brain so cannibal uh the temple run games when they yeah when i did play a lot of popular, those i played a ton of those there's a really really good hard one called impossible road Ooh. did you ever play that Mm-mm. you're uh the, there's a ball and okay. it's on this like ribbon of a track okay without sides and it like twists and turns and spirals down yeah. and down and down and you have to turn the phone left and right Ooh. to keep it on the track and it goes really really fast um it's very very hard yeah i know you were the best at crossy road which is kind of like an endless runner crossy road is uh mm, like half an endless runner because yeah. it's also full of like other interesting things yeah i guess it is technically an endless runner um it doesn't end but i got really good at crossy i road. know um so good uh i played that i played it a little bit when it came out and i was Mm -hmm. like oh this is fun and i got like a couple hundred as my high score and then i stopped playing it and for some reason i started playing again and got really determined to be a thousand (laughs) and i spent the next really high score in crossing it's an incredibly high score i've never met anybody who has a score higher than like 300. my high score in crossroad is like 140 yeah and i've never met anybody who has a score higher than 300 yeah and i work at an apple store full of people who play <laughs> ios games like crossy road a lot yeah um I was like i'm gonna beat a thousand wow. and i played for months and months and months and i got a high score of 840 something oh. right and then like two weeks later i got 996 <laughs> and it drove me wild i was like red hot like in rage oh, i was man. so mad and so I, I i played this game for like hours a day yeah at this point <laughs> and it was it was maybe like a week or two later i was playing again and i like i remember this so clearly i was laying in bed like getting ready to go to sleep <laughs> playing crossy road and I crossed a thousand and that like adrenaline rush. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I did it. I did it. I did it. And I'm, and you can't like stop. You can't you stop. Have, you, you have, have to keep playing. playing. I was yeah. like, I'm, you know, I wasn't just going to let myself die because I'd be a thousand. I was, yeah. you know, see how far I can go. And I just kept going and oh, I kept man. going and I got 1,220 <sighs> something. And it was like that. It was like the top score that day, <laughs> like on the app store, yeah, <laughs> on, awesome. on game center. Um, but as soon as I did it, I deleted the app. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm done. We I, beat Crossy Road. I did it. I, I blew my goal away. After months, I blew my goal away by a 200-something. Yeah. Just delete the app, never play And I haven't played it since. That was wow. like six or seven months ago. That's crazy. But I get so addicted to those games. Yeah. Um, and I was clearly very addicted to Crossy Road. 
by the by the end uh but i need to like i need to relieve myself of some kind <laughs> of obligation to the game yeah for myself to feel satisfied and then i can stop playing that's it. cool yeah have you ever watched um king of kong no but i'm familiar with it well so it's, it's, it. it's really good um it is about a battle to have the world recognized high score in king or not king kong and donkey kong <laughs> yeah um, it's a really good documentary, uh, and there was a I'm going to call it a spiritual successor that just came up on Netflix recently called Man vs. Snake. Okay. Um, in that it has a couple of the same people in it who were also in King of Kong, mm-hmm. uh, but Man vs. Snake is about the... Uh, it's a game called Nibbler, which nobody knows. Like, it's got nowhere near the cachet that... Uh, Donkey Kong does. Uh-huh. But Nibbler was the first arcade cabinet that ha- could potentially get a billion points. Okay, interesting. Uh, and that was so it was famous for that. It was kind of like the the counter went up that high. Like there were enough spots in the in the score counter that you could get over a billion points. I mean, I guess it's arbitrary what your limit is. Uh well, in some cases it's not actually because the the game board memory can't handle too big of a number. Yeah, I guess I forgot computers had <laughs> had limits like that. Limits on numbers that small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so uh, there was there was a guy in the 80s who got the first billion points on Nibbler. Wow. Uh, it was a very big deal. And uh, you like max out and that's it? You can't go higher? Well, you can. You can. So you can <clears throat> keep going. There is, there is a – you like – some games have a theoretical high score, like the max you could possibly get. Nibbler actually goes higher than a billion. Okay. Uh, which is, like, the, the original guy got, like, 9 billion and 2,000. Or a billion and 2,000. Like, something like that. A billion and 24. Or okay. something like that. Like, a, just over a billion and then lost. But uh, what's crazy about it is to get a billion points in Nibbler takes about 40 hours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Can you pause? Nope. Oh, no. And so, and so the, the thrust of the movie, the documentary, which I've only about finished about half of, um, is that, so so uh, Twin Galaxies is the arcade that is considered by many people to be the official keeper of record of high scores in video games. Interesting. Uh, and, and it features very prominently in King of Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some arguments made about whether or not it should be or what their practices are. And... Like there's literally like corporate corruption things that kind of come up in King of Kong Weird. that don't really get mentioned at all in in Nibbler. Um, the same guy though, like, is featured in both. Like, who's the the referee of this sort of stuff? Like, he keeps track of the scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in both movies. He's kind of the villain in King of Kong, kind of. Um, yeah. But he's more of not a villain in Nibbler, Looks which like is interesting. Got it sorted out before. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's again, it's not it's not a sequel. It's it's a movie in a similar space, right? Um, and so this guy was the the record holder. Uh, his name is Tim McVeigh, not to be confused with the other one. They addressed that early on. <clears throat> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and anyway, there was an Italian guy who claimed he'd beaten the high score decades ago, like th- like it like not long after Tim McVeigh got the original high score. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't officially recognized. There wasn't any documentation. He just claimed it, and they were like, eh. Right. Now they went and interviewed him and like talked to people who were around him when it happened and they all claimed it actually happened and and so there, you know there's some disputing of that. And so anyway, so 30 years later Tim McVeigh decides he wants to beat that guy's claim to score to sort of prove once and for all that he can be the one to do it undisputably. Yeah. Uh and and not just be the first one but have the world record of Nibbler indisputably. Right. Um and so the documentary mostly follows like it, it, he did a, an event where he's like, hey, I'm going to do this. It was at MAGFest, which is a gaming convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, you know, MAGFest 2009, I'm going to sit up here and I'm going to play this game. For 40 hours. Yeah. Well, and so the trick is, like, to survive like and not physically die <laughs> um, is you basically earn enough extra lives that you can walk away from the cabinet and, like, go to the bathroom and eat a sandwich and just let your live counter drop. Right. Right. Uh, and so you get up to 99 lives, which is the max you can have. You can take a break. And you can know how long you have, basically, to... Wow. Uh, 
to like come back down. Right. So you let it get down to, you know, some reasonable like lesser maybe. amount, yeah. and then you you come and back. then you can earn it back up. Um, but you have to be able to get up to that many. So you have to not just play it, but you have to play it so well right. that you can earn more than the maximum number of lives. Jeez, that's probably not enough time to like sleep, though. No, right? You can't like take a nap. No, like you can, it, it'd probably maybe thirty minutes. You can use the bathroom and eat some, yeah. eat some food and sit down, or you know. Well, they're, 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 he's sitting on like a stool the whole time. Yeah. Um, but that that your your story of of that reminded me of. Yeah, it was like, a little bit easier to get to twelve hundred something and cross. Yeah, the road it didn't than, take you forty hours than that. It did. It was probably a. Well, it's about a second per hop is like minimum. Yeah, it might have been like a fifteen minute game. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. Since then, I kind of haven't really picked up any yeah any iOS games. I think you'd like you must build a boat. It's it's check it more out. Max Three than Endless Runner, mm-hmm. but it is an Endless Runner. Oh, uh, what's the other really good one? Uh, Alto's Adventure. Did you ever play that? I don't know that I did. Do you like Endless Runners at all? I'm okay. Like I played a lot of Cannibalt. Uh, I discovered there's an Endless Runner built into Chrome, Google Chrome the browser. Really? Yeah. So, uh, at my office, the Wi-Fi drops out occasionally. Uh-huh. Um, not like if I'm at my desk, but if I move from one location to another, it drops and has to reconnect. Right. And so, I go to a website in Chrome, which is the browser I use. A little dinosaur pops up and says, oh, no, can't connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you hit the space bar, he starts running. <laughs> and you can hit the space bar again, and he jumps over the cactuses that show up. Aw, yay. And it's a little tiny endless runner inside of Chrome. Is there a score? Yes. <laughs> uh, and so you can get points. Um, that's really cute. It was. I was. I was. I did it by accident a couple of days ago. I was like, huh? yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. I bet I can jump. Yeah, cool. Um, Alto's Adventure is a really good game. It's one of the best iOS games, period, I've yeah. ever played. Um, you are on a uh, Andes mountain slope. Okay. And you are on skis. There's, oh, I did play this one. And, yes. And you have to catch llamas. Yes. And that's kind of the secondary motive of the game. Yeah. But the primary is it's an endless runner. You just see how far down the mountain you can go. Yeah. And you jump over rocks and mm-hmm. barriers and you do flips and yeah, and I stuff like that. that. And I played that a lot and also got like to be one of the better players <laughs> in the world at that game. But I, I do that. I... I I play a game obsessively and yeah. I get really, 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 really good at it. Only these endless runner type yeah. games. I don't like. I don't get good at Counter Strike. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't get really good at yeah. real video games, quote unquote. Yeah. I get really, really, really good at casual games on my phone, which are also real games. They're real games, but they're a different class of games to certain people. Yeah. They're also played more than quote unquote real games. Right. So uh, who's the real game here? But it, it, it clearly takes less dedication to get really, really good at Crossroad than it does to get really, really good sure. at Counter-Strike. Um, but like I just obsessively have to get really, really good at these games. And then eventually I either get so frustrated I give up or I something clicks and I feel like I've satisfied something <laughs> and I feel okay stopping. Wow. It's a really obsessive, weird part of my personality. It is. Yeah. But for Alto's Adventure, there's these like 60 levels and you have to do little achievements you know like do two triple backflips over yeah. chasms you know in, in, yeah. in this I, run I played uh, Machine Gun something Machine Gun you played Machine Gun Machine Gun Jetpack oh yeah which is an endless runner in a similar mm-hmm. like there's achievements that you can earn and it right. gets you bonuses and different unlocks yeah and that's how they get the the, the spend money please is you can bypass those by spending mm-hmm. money Mm-hmm. I did play that one for a while. Yeah, that's what I like. I don't. I think Alto's Adventure might have been. I don't remember it being free. I think yeah. I probably paid like two bucks for it. Yeah, but I'm so happy to spend a couple bucks mm-hmm. and have. Oh yeah, a really fun game that I play for a really long time. I think what else I've got on my phone. I've been looking for a. I'm been looking for a casual game I can play on my phone recently. So uh, I'll, check, I'll check out. Uh, you must build a boat. You must build a boat. Yeah. Uh, Pac-Man 256. That was pretty is fun. An endless runner, yep. kind of. Yep. Uh, Hexagon, Super Hexagon, man. Super Hexagon is good. Yeah, I played that, that game a long time is my ago. jam. Oh, I got real good at that. Uh, okay, hardest game I've ever played on iOS. Super Hexagon. No. No. Oh. 
It's called Duet. Uh, I've seen that. I've never played it. I beat it 100%. Congrats. Um, but again, like because I, yeah. I am obsessive, I had to do it, and I spent dozens of hours playing that game. Yeah. No, uh, I played Hearthstone for a while. That's technically an iOS game. Yep. Got into that for a while. That's a, an iOS game that has become a massive phenomenon in this point mm-hmm. competitively. And oh stuff. yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was, it was a computer game first, right? But it was made always with an eye towards iOS. Like that was very clearly like a direction they were going to go. Right. That's how it got like huge mass adoption. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And those are the kinds of games I don't ever get interested in for some reason. Hearthstone was fun. Hearthstone's got, it's got two things. It's got a learning curve. Like you got to learn to get good. Right. Um, and the meta changes. The meta game changes as new cards get released, as new strategies get figured out. There's a lot going on there. People are like, "Well, I'm going to do this instead and beat mm-hmm. this strategy." Um, but there's also like it's you can earn gold to get more cards, or you can just buy more cards. Right. Uh, and so if you buy enough cards, you'll get the best cards, and you can win. Right. And it's not exclusively that because uh, there was a, there was a, a streamer who proved in the early days of Hearthstone that you could get to the top tier of gaming by not spending any money. Hmm. And he did it. It's just harder. It's harder. Um, but he, but he's like, if you're good enough, you can become a, a legendary whatever. There was, there's a tier name. Oh, okay. Um, and so he would start at zero. He would reset the game, put no money in, and just stream every game he played hmm. and show like what he was doing. So he would destroy cards so he could make new ones and things like that. They pick one class and take it all the way to the top. Wow! As a free to play, um, and he did that with every major class, as far as I know, which is really cool. Right. Um, and and it was a good because a lot of people were claiming, "Oh, it's pay to win. You pay enough, you win." It's like, well, it's like not necessarily. It's it's pay to make it easier mm-hmm. to win. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's capitalism. His <laughs> his example is more a proof of concept than a yeah. practical example yes because the best people are still always going to be the ones who pay Not th- necessarily, th- th- yeah. those will outnumber the people who don't pay in whatever in a given tier yeah. probably yeah I, I don't know i don't know what the breakdown is but I, I stopped playing that a year ago maybe i played it in january because i re-downloaded it while i was at pax because mm-hmm. people i was with were playing it so i was like <laughs> yeah i'll play it yeah ready for another beer yeah i think uh windows xp is besides the security issues one of the best operating systems ever i've got windows 10 because it's the only one i can install i'll I'll cut that out yeah (laughs) i'm not ready to admit my love for windows xp (laughs) 